1: Welcome to another episode of the Keeping Carlson Short Shifts podcast. I am your host, Ben Burnett. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Louis Ezekiel. And the E is for Eric Carlson's broken thumb, in turn breaking all of our hearts. Louis, how are we feeling the Tuesday after getting the news that Eric Carlson is done for the season?
0: I mean, what is there to say? It's a disappointing end to a very disappointing season. Uh, my IR in my keeper league is full, so for the first time since 2013, I am not keeping Carlson. It's really disappointing to uh to have to admit that aloud on air, but uh, I can join I can join Brian and Elon in the ranks of the
1: you know former keeping Carlson uh, Carlson keepers, I should say. I have never been fortunate enough to keep eric carlson in a pool i have never been able to get a hold of him in a keeper pool and uh no different this year so i'm fortunate now but yeah it's uh we're getting into the twilight here of the the eric carlson prime years obviously are not quite the same as they were in ottawa starting to not feel too good about him as you know one of those top three top five keeper defensemen yeah it's uh uh, an end of an era it feels like Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of players whose keeper value seems to have diminished this week, I'm going to bring up Brock Besser... It has been announced his injury to his ribs is more serious than previously announced. He is now set to miss the rest of the regular season. This is something that's very disappointing to me as a Brock Besser owner. He has not played more than 65 games, I believe, in any of his three years in the league. The Vancouver Canucks wasted no time in filling in for him, though. Tyler Toffoli heads to Vancouver. In exchange for Tim Schaller, Tyler Madden, and a second and fourth round pick. I really like this spot for Tyler Toffoli. I was very nervous upon the trade being announced that he would be opposite uh, Tanner Pearson and Bo Horvat on the second line, and that we may see him behind the usual number ones on the power play, but Brock Besser missing the rest of the year sure seems to open up the perfect spot for him in Vancouver. So I do find this to be a really
0: interesting trade. Um, I did think that perhaps we would see, you know, if Besser returned, we would see the reunification of Toffoli and his pal Tanner Pearson, who played together on that 70s line in L.A. Uh, but it looks like for the time being, he's going to get that really favorable deployment, which sounds great. Obviously, he had good deployment in L.A., but your ceiling is kind of capped when you're LA, in L.A. as opposed to lining up with J.T. Miller and... Uh, Elias Patterson, both at even strength and on the power play. So I think that is quite exciting. We heard from Jim Benning that they were going to take three weeks and then reevaluate Besser. But a lot of the chatter that I heard online basically said, yeah, it seems like we're going to hear in three weeks from Benning that Besser is out for much longer than that because these rib cartilage injuries don't take three weeks to heal. They take months or more. Um So that was kind of interesting. It did make me feel like... Uh, Tefoli's opportunity was maybe going to be a little better in there. And of course, we did get the news today that Besser was going to be out for longer. So yeah, kind of a strange situation. I don't know if Benning was just trying to hedge a little bit or you know what kind of game he was playing there, but uh, it seemed to the people in the know that Besser was definitely going to be out for longer than expected.
1: It sure seems that way. And I think that that is really what's going to make this a big win for Tefoli's fantasy owners. There was definitely a chance upon him coming to Vancouver that he gets relegated to that second line. And I think that that kind of gives him the same pace that he's had in L.A., that like 55 point, maybe 25 to 30 goal season. But I think now we are looking at somebody who could be putting up a 65 to 70 point season rest of, uh, rest of the way. Well, I'm certainly hoping so, uh, as a newly minted Toffoli owner. Yes. So, Lewis, you mentioned this to me before the show, and it kind of blew my mind. You not only believe that Toffoli has this upside, but you went out and bought high on him. Yeah. So uh, to put this in context a little bit,
0: this is in a keeper league where I've had quite a number of championships over the last few years. So, uh, you know, you may blame me for uh, just sort of trying to shake things up a little bit and make them interesting, but uh, the Toffoli owner is a Red Wings fan like many people in my keeper league. Uh, and I went out and offered him Dylan Larkin to acquire Tofoli. I had a feeling he would accept. He accepted almost immediately, which is usually a bad sign, uh, for whatever trade you're offering and how, uh, good it looks for your side but I'm pretty excited. Uh, I certainly think that if Toffoli can maintain that spot on the top line and top power play, uh, that this can be a win for me. Obviously, trading away much more of a sure thing in Larkin, who is not going anywhere off that top line and top power play, although the Red Wings, you know, your ceiling as a Red Wing on those lines uh, is a little bit capped compared to what you could do lined up with Patterson and JT Miller.
1: Yeah, I think that the big thing with this trade is that you're taking on a lot more risk because what happens if, for example, the Canucks just go cold for the next two or three games to fully get cycled off of the the top power play? They put Brandon Sutter up there, who was doing fairly well in his time over the past few games. I mean there's just a lot of downside. I do think that it could break totally right for you as well. It's just that when you're getting a player like Larkin who's guaranteed no matter what to get 23 minutes a night and then you're trading him for what's essentially an unknown value in Tyler Foley heading over to Vancouver, it just makes you second guess a little bit when you just don't know how that's going to shake out. So, I applaud you for the ballsiness, but damn dude, like that's that is a that's a tough move to make for me.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I I don't know if I would have done it in the cupful, but I think in a league where I'm a ways ahead in goals, assists, special teams points and shots on goal, I feel like I can't take on this kind of risk. And, you know, it'll be something to spice up the discord for a few days as well, uh, just to, to, you know, bring in some interest uh, as we head into the end of the season.
1: Yes, this is definitely a situation where you may take a bit of an L, but you're upping the group chat game. And I can't really disrespect that when the when the group chat is popping, the league is always better.
0: I do think uh, there's one other thing that I just want to mention with regards to this trade is that it may open up some good opportunity for Dustin Brown in LA. Uh, he has had a very productive night here on Tuesday uh, with a couple of goals on the contest already in the third period. So uh, keep an eye out on that. If
1: Brown is available in your league, he might be someone you want to look into. Yeah, we did see in the past few weeks to Foley and Brown sort of shuff, shuttle in and out of that top line spot with Ayafalo and Kopitar, so it definitely stands to reason that he becomes line one power play one once again, and we've seen him be very valuable in bangers leagues with that deployment in the past. Well, we'll move on from one exciting trade in Vancouver to an amazing outjury in Montreal. Lewis, Shea Weber came back within a week of an injury that was potentially supposed to end his career, last I heard. Yeah, the, the
0: doomsayers were out in
1: full force discussing the, the
0: end of Shea Weber's, uh, career, you know, waiting for the swelling to go down so that they could get an accurate look at whatever was broken inside his leg or foot or ankle or whatever this was. And now he's out there on the ice, kind of amazing. Um, he said that he had a duty to come back and play while Montreal is still in the playoff hunt. Uh, so part of me feels like this is just some like Herculean effort of mind over body. Um, but it also makes me wonder if Montreal gets eliminated, does this mean that Shea Weber is going to get shut down at that point? I would be a little nervous. I was happy to take him off my IR, but uh, I am thinking, you know, how, how long can, uh, how long can Montreal hang in there, especially when they are throwing away perfectly good points against a team like Detroit here on Thursday?
1: Oh my God. They blew it to, they blew it tonight.
0: Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I have Carey Price. I, I'm in a I'm in a bad
1: spot in my match. I think I <laughs> I'm just discovering the fact that Montreal has once again lost to the Detroit. Is that their fourth loss to Detroit this year? This is insane. It's really bad. Uh, Boston did finally beat Detroit. Uh-
0: a little, a few days ago to kind of get off their, uh, schneid where they had not managed to, to defeat them. But yeah, Montreal has just been really bad against Detroit. Pretty embarrassing effort, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but talking a little bit more about Shea Weber, you know, uh, or rather his teammates, uh, we hope to see Jeff Petrie and Ben Sherat step up in Weber's absence. They managed only three points between them while Weber was out for seven games. They did put together some nice peripherals. Uh, and Petrie did manage a power play goal today with Weber back, um, but not a whole lot to, to see from the pair of them. Uh, so hopefully Weber can help right the ship, but you know maybe he's still getting his legs under him uh, while they are enduring this embarrassing loss to Detroit.
1: Bit of a bummer for my Ben Sherratt shares but yeah I think this is overall pretty good for your Habs as long as Shea Weber remains competitive the players on a power I know he's been a little cold lately but the players on that power play unit with him he's obviously going to give them a boost one of the few players who went or one of the few defensemen I should say where when he's taking point shots on the power play you're not like this is a total waste
0: yeah and I think anyone from my home league listening who heard you just refer to them as my Habs maybe spit out their drink
1: I didn't even mean your Habs, but yes, the Habs, like Habs on your team in general. Though we did have the sweet taste of a sudden outjury, no short shifts in February is allowed to occur without a major injury. Miko Rantanen once again injured in Colorado. Originally, there was a uh, report of a broken collarbone that Adrian Dater was saying would leave Rantanen out six to eight weeks. An update from the team today said that there are no broken bones and he was going in for an MRI. We have yet to see the results there. I would imagine this is still a multi week injury, but hopefully, no more than three or four if we can be lucky. I really hope that we get to see Miko Ranton back this fantasy season, Lewis,
0: yeah, I agree it's been you know it's been tough sledding for Colorado uh you know we've said a few times you know just wait until we see what Colorado can do when they're fully healthy and it seems like they only can get there for a spate of games at a time before something else happens. Like last time when Ransanen was injured, this does open the door for someone like Donskoy or Burakovsky to really step up and make an impact, uh, as they did previously when Ransonin was out. Also interesting to see that Valery Nishushkin got nearly five minutes of power play time in their most recent game, uh, so that could be someone to keep an eye on as well. I'm wondering with Rantan and out. Would you rather have a Donskoy or Burakovsky than say some folks uh, who have been of middling, you know,
1: value lately? Someone like a Sorelli, a Debrinket, or a Meyer. Wow, hearing Debrinket's name in the conversation is very depressing. I think that with his current deployment, then yes, I would prefer to have Burakovsky to any of that group. I'm not sure about Donskoy just yet. Have we seen their power play units without Rantanen?
0: So this was on the 17th, yeah, yesterday. So it's Burakovsky, Landeskog, McKinnon, Nishushkin. So not so good for Donskoy. And actually, yeah, the person moving up is Nishushkin because Rantanen spent 23% of that game on the power play. And once he was out, it was Nishushkin who moved into that spot. So I don't know if that's a long-term solution necessarily, or just a situation where they plug Nishushkin in there because Donskoy had been practicing with power play too. Uh, so it's something to sort of keep an eye on. I would be a little leery of either of them until I find out who is popping into that last slot. But the danger there, of course, uh, is that if you move too slow, you might miss out on them entirely.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be jumping too fast on a Nishushkin for that reason, but we should get power play units or uh, practice lines here, hopefully tomorrow, where we'll have a better sense. And if he is on that top power play unit, of course, I like him quite a bit. I think I would hold De Brinket, uh, but while he has that awful deployment, it's really difficult. I think in the interim, Burakovsky above the three guys you mentioned, Sorelli, Debrinkit, Meyer... But in overall, I think that I like it, as I mentioned in last week's uh, Patron 5, I think that he has a really good shot of bouncing back if Colliton gives him the opportunity to go top line, top power play once again. This isn't about it though. This is about the Avs, and no Avs conversation is complete without be, me asking... Miko Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog missed a bunch of games earlier in the year and Nathan McKinnon went superhuman. Does the Rantanen injury mean that Nathan McKinnon is going back to his early season pace?
0: I mean, it's tough to to make that type of prediction, but I don't see why not. We saw a little bit of it uh, in the Penguins game today because we know how Malkin stepped up and was just going berserk while Crosby was out, Malkin was sick for today's game, and Crosby went nuts. So I do think there is something to this where players kind of take on, you know, shoulder the burden for their team. Uh, I would love to see McKinnon uh, put together a really outstanding run here in Rantanen's absence. Uh, And in fact, in that most recent game, uh, he really played a whale of a game offensively. So uh, I think we may have already started to see it happen.
1: Let's hope so. I also hope for a speedy return from Rantanen because there's no way that McKinnon can can go full McKinnon for 82 games without his right-handed man, his right-winged man, if you will. We did have one more injury in Colorado, and that is, of course, their number one goaltender, Philip Grubauer, now out indefinitely. This is devastating for me, Lewis. As somebody who, through the winter months of Grubauer not playing his best, I maintained this is a guy I'm looking at as a top five goalie option. He finally rounds into shape, and then he gets hurt. Is Pavel Francouz a top ten option heading into the playoffs, or are you hedging before you uh, before you get that high?
0: I gotta say, I am hedging here. I am quite nervous. I know that um, you know. Obviously, Colorado weathered the storm uh, of injuries previously and came out of it okay. Uh, you know, Francouz had a tough outing in his last game. He ended up with an eight fifty two. Save percentage. I know it's against Tampa, uh, and obviously they have the ability to light anyone up. You know, it's a great opportunity. Listen, if you need starts, absolutely jump on Francis when you can. I'm just a little worried that the rates are not going to be up to standard with all of the injuries that we've seen in uh, Colorado right now.
1: So they're playing a little shorthanded. I wonder if the addition of Chris Kreider later on this week will make enough of a difference to uh to weather that storm there. But Francis has just been so incredible in Colorado that honestly I would put him in the top ten. I mean you've got a we talked about how good Jacob Markstrom has been last week. But he'd be in that bottom, the the bottom three of the top 10 for me. But the Avs have just been so good. And Franz has been so consistent. I like him more than a hell of a lot of goaltenders out there.
0: You know, you make a really good point there. And, you know, thinking more carefully about your question about being a top 10 option, You know, I do think you have to like the goalie in Colorado. And you're right. There's no one else out there who really has been showing so much consistency that you couldn't have him in that eight, nine or 10 slot. So top 10 does seem, does seem reasonable given the situation for goalies in the league right now uh, and what a goalie behind that Colorado team can do. You know, I just, uh, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Obviously off to a bit of a rocky start, but hopefully. Greener pastures I had for the Francuse owners.
1: One more injury to talk about. Oscar Clefbaum out two to three weeks with a UBI. This one hurts, Lewis. I just talked about Clefbaum as a obvious trade target the Oilers have a great playoff schedule and now I'm not sure that he'll even be there for the playoffs he's definitely going to miss at least one like into that first week of most of my playoffs week 21 sounds like he could miss so I am devastated what are we doing with Clefbaum out I mean it seems clear that uh, nurse
0: season is upon us Darnell nurse has been a really valuable own all season he's rated number 100 in the Cupful, so he's not going to be widely available but there are a third of Yahoo leagues where he is available on the waiver wire. Um, you know, we might see Clefbaum's injury continue into the time period where Connor McDavid returns. They both had a similar prognosis of that two to three weeks, but obviously we're a week into McDavid's injury here. So that could really give nurse some enviable power play time. You know, that top power play really is still pretty strong with who they've got out there and how Yamamoto has kind of uh, stepped up very nicely. So I would definitely be out there looking, combing the waiver wire to see if nurse is around in my league because he, uh, yeah, he really looks appealing.
1: The one cautious note I'll give here is that Ethan Bear has been floated as a possible power play replacement for Clef Bomb on a few Twitter accounts that we follow. I could see that happening just because I don't think Nurse is unimpeachable in that spot. But for now, obviously, it's Darnell Nurse. I mentioned this in a column for Dauber Hockey before the season started. Darnell Nurse as a top power play option means that he is by far one of the most appealing defensemen in bangers leagues league-wide. He fills so many categories, and if he has points upside, playing with Dreisaitl, Yamamoto, Ryan Nugent, Hopkins, then he is a must-own in multi-cat leagues. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I think he is, uh, you know... Uh, he's already
0: been great. So this is, this is kind of a Jeff Preachy situation where this is a guy who should have been owned probably already. Uh, as long as you get some credit for those peripherals. Uh, and now with some points upside, I think it does look really good. Ethan Bear, if he ends up on that top power play, obviously much more widely available. Uh, so stay vigilant on that waiver wire. Keep an eye out on those game day lines. Uh, and if it does turn out to be Bear on that top power play, I would be all over him.
1: We got one more headline for tonight. We are. I wanted to talk about the Maple Leafs because I live in Canada. I can't go a day without talking about the Leafs. And they got destroyed by the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. Frederick Anderson gives up five goals on 16 shots in the game's first 40 minutes. He goes on to save several more in the third, of course. But it really doesn't matter after you give up that many on 16 to start. Meanwhile, our boy Jack Campbell has three straight quality starts. The only other start he's had with the Leafs was a win. So, you know, either a quality start or a win in all four of his games in Toronto. Is Jack Campbell somehow approaching must status? Is Frederick Anderson a drop? Are we living in the Twilight Zone? So, you know, right now we have the Maple Leafs standing
0: in third place in the Atlantic Division, although with their 70 points, they would be tied for fifth place with the Hurricanes in the Metro. That's a pretty grim outlook. I think this is a team that needs to win games. I, you know, I I am, again, I'm trying to be cautious with these, with these backup goalies trying to seize the job. You know, I have been a Jari and a Samsonov owner this year. I'm a Shesterkin owner currently. It's just a little tenuous with some of these positions. I think Freddie Anderson has some goodwill in Toronto, but I think with the new coach, with the coaching change that was made, you know, uh, we may be looking at uh, someone who is willing to take a little more risk and maybe doesn't quite have the same uh, degree of goalie loyalty, or let's be honest with Babcock, maybe some hard-headedness that sometimes came along with him in that position. I don't think I would go as far as to call Jack Campbell a must-own, but if you are in a league where someone like Jari or Samsonov or some of these uh, time-splitting goalies like Halak uh, are valuable or you are just looking to, you know, in a good position and looking to jump on something that might have a ton of value down the line. I would definitely be giving Jack Campbell a look. I would not be surprised at all to see him make the next start if you're looking for a spot.
1: I agree. I definitely came in a little hot on Jack Campbell. I am excited about him though, and that's because if things break right, Jack Campbell could be a huge own in fantasy through the fantasy playoffs. Just think about how bad Frederick Anderson has been as he approaches, you know, a 907 after years of being consistent but being played started into the ground by Mike Babcock. If the Leafs think that Jack Campbell is their best way to get wins heading into the playoffs and he runs off a uh, streak of some huge games, he could be hugely valuable on a team who everyone agrees has been underperforming this year. You could definitely see him going on a winning streak in Toronto, right? So, if you have room and you need a goaltender, I think there are definitely worse stashes than Jack Campbell, and uh, I'm just saying that it, it's time to start being on notice here. He might be somebody who could fill in for you as a as an easy number two in fantasy circles heading into the playoffs. Yeah, this will certainly be one that we'll be keeping our eye on and
0: watching it develop. Um, you know, this could be an opportunity for Campbell to Bennington Anderson here. When he did first come over, we, we talked about the fact that, you know, Anderson had been underperforming. Obviously he was brought in for that purpose, uh, and to provide them with some quality backup, but maybe that quality backup becomes, you know, a quality string of starts here, uh, to help keep the Maple Leafs in that third spot in the
1: Atlantic. All right, folks. Well, that is all we have for you today. From myself, Ben Burnett, I am signing out of here. Lewis, why don't you take us home? All right.
0: Thanks, Ben. Always a pleasure. Thank you, as always, to the patrons of Keeping Carlson who make our show possible. You guys are the best. Thank you to DobberHockey.com, RotoWire, and Roto World for all of the help as we examine these injuries, as well as at NHL Trade Center uh, and a wide variety of our lovely friends out there uh, in the Twitterverse to help us think about different ways and different perspectives to analyze all of these trades. Obviously, trade season is heating up. Uh, obviously, we'll have our next show on Friday morning. But the show after that will be coming on Tuesday morning instead of Wednesday, as Ben and I work together to break down everything that goes at the trade deadline. So keep an eye out there. Slight schedule change. Uh, And until we see you on Friday morning, play smart and keep your shifts short.